Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of RackN and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. Sometimes when we're having these Cloud 2030 discussions, we have a side conversation that is intriguing and interesting, but doesn't end up in the final show because it wasn't on topic. This is an example of one of those where we, we talk about the will robots replace us and where's my jetpack part of Cloud 2030. Um, it was fun for us, and I wanted to give it to you as a podcast 2030 extra. Enjoy it. I have a fair number of days when I, I don't think that the next year or the next decade is going to be better than um, this one. Like that to part of the 2030 stuff is like, there's this, there's this meaningful chance that 10 years from now will not we not we won't be in a better position or the majority you know the vast majority of us won't be in a better position is that you're you you saying sort of the same thing can you define what better position is what do you mean by that that's a good question um quality of life a funny thing is i think uh ability um yeah quality of life a, a confidence that you're gonna that you're you know going to have you know that that your the future your future is s- stable and secure enough that you could sustain you could weather you know disruptive change or not being able to work or something like that um, and maybe this is just me be you know reaching a new phase of adulthood but um, I mean the thing you were talking about right you know. What uh, you know? Sometimes I worry. It's like, all right, am I am I going to have to worry about people just not having jobs anywhere, um, and it all being controlled by corporations? Dude, we're already there. What are you talking about going to? Yeah, no, that's a that's a uh, we're most of the way there already. Yeah, the horse have left the barn on nose, man. The yeah, question is, how do we right. rein? I think I asked this question either on uh, this on a Tuesday call or a Thursday call, and I think someone said, it might have been you, Rob, who said that, you know, we've already left the barn on that one. The question is, what do we do now? And I guess my thing is, <laughs> yeah. you don't rein it in, but I, I, I don't, I look, I, my whole business model is based on R&D innovation, right? Yeah. It's, it's the core of what we do. So I know I contribute to this insanity that we are, are, you know, whether it's AI, whether it's edge computing, whatever we're trying to do is to get more data so that we can drive better performance in what we deliver, right? Advanced technology to the point where we remove the bad driver in this, using this metaphor, right? We remove the bad driver. We want safety. 5G is supposed to help us get there because if you have a 5G phone, I know that you're about to come to an intersection. My autonomous vehicle is coming to that intersection. It goes, whoops, I know you're entering the intersection because your 5G phone told me, so now I'm going to stop. That's the goal, right? However, what I've said is technologists bear the responsibility to not do this in ignorance, and they must know that they are eliminating and they're creating fear in those that are at a certain age point that says, I only know how to do mine, work in the mines. 
I only know how to do bagging groceries. Yeah. I only know how to do is drive a taxi. Or worse, if I'm in New York, I paid millions of dollars to the to, to get my medallion because I was going to build my fortune in dry, taking this one taxi and growing it to five or fleet of taxis. Now, yeah. what do I do? We are we are disrupting things much faster than we're thinking about the consequences. Yeah, I I feel that way about that social media me. too. Yeah, Sorry, that concerns me. It just does. It, it concerns me. We can think all we want, but ultimately, the the disruptive power of tech is certainly it's super linear, right? And maybe exponential and human experience is very linear that is you you get all with your skills and you get all with your music right you don't really change all much yeah yeah the the the, the change tends to be generational like uh, the the people that are growing and raised into the change yes the the, i agree with that so the the challenge is that if you look at previous ages, say the transition from the Iron to the Bronze Age, right? That took hundreds of years. Generations managed it. The problem mm -hmm. now is that we're changing our technological foundation faster than humans, well, certainly faster than a human lifespan. And so the real challenge is how to stay on top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Will you I, need to be, by the way, forget all your worries. Will you need to be a great swimmer? <laughs> because, I mean, will you need to be a great swimmer because all the icebergs are melting, right? <laughs> well, that's what actually in some ways maybe, and I think maybe this is how we all feel about it. The The answer is not to slow slow things down, but to uh, make, make things, you know, that we, we have challenges in front of us that are going to require require the faster innovation that we're pulling together. So, um, I, I mean, this is like to Keith's, Keith's comment for what we do, you know, we, the automation that we're doing for infrastructure, humans aren't doing it. They can't do it. They can't keep up with it. It's not a human, pro you know, we're not, we're not replacing a human process necessarily. Well, you're 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 bringing greater efficiency to managing multiple environments and multiple servers, right? So think about this. Now it went. We went from being able to to, to produce or roll out servers um, in a fast, repeatable way to now we're basically managing multiple endpoints, regardless of their location and their size, yeah. leveraging a push button automation tool. And then you bring self-healing, right? That the self fixes a node because the node went out of service. You, you run a playbook that executes that and does that for you. So now what I could do, I think about this team. The team I had at Verizon was able to manage the same footprint that took 60 individuals in their standard um, operations deployment. It took six of, it took eight of us to do it 24 hours a day, mm -hmm. making changes during the middle right. of the day, zero downtime, zero interruption. 
So but what you I don't what know. you said, Keith, what you said, Keith, that is really important is that you know tech will continue to do cool tech things. What our responsibility is to bring the rest of humanity along with us. That's just you know, we just have to do it. Otherwise we're gonna end up with more BS like whatever, proud boys and things, right? Here's me again yeah. into politics. But you know, people who are left out tend to find other ways to voice their frustration. Yes. I do not want a French Revolution. I do not want my head in the guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm there. There's way too much I think, I, well, needs- there's way too much comfort for a French Revolution in my opinion, but I think it needs to be remembered, though. Like you remember, you mentioned comfort, but at the same time, I worry when it comes down to it. Yeah, to some level, you can keep people happy if you keep them with a big screen TV and uh, an unlimited cable. But right. at some point, humans are human, and part of that is for a lot of people, they enjoy driving. They enjoy. They get some meaning out of their job. They feel like they've accomplished something that. Yeah. They're not going to feel that same way if you just throw some money at them to make them happy. Right. And that really needs to be thought about is what what humanity really is. Yep. And, and that's the difference also, the, like the difference between working for sustenance and, and, and working for personal growth. Yeah. Like, right, we, we are relatively privileged that our line of work is largely the, the later. I mean, it, it covers the former, uh, but we have a lot of mental leeway. Uh, it, like I, a lot, yeah. Yeah, like if we were, how would it be like a, like an assembly line worker or or, or like, a, yeah, like the, uh, a warehouse worker, mm-hmm. that's horribly repetitive. It, 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 it doesn't, Give you any personal growth? You, you, I mean, that, and that's why it's being automated because there there is no mental work that needs to be done there. And and mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it, 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 it's it, really dragging the people who are working there down by not allowing them to expand themselves. You, there's something you said made me think about the Amazon. Like, there's there's stuff about unionizing the Amazon uh, warehouses in the press and there's some conversations about the working conditions. And it's, it's interesting that part of the, the working conditions in, in any of those circumstances are driven as much by the needs of the way the system is set up around that work. Cause they were talking about them needing to work from like two in the morning to, you know, they were doing a 10 hour shift starting at two in the morning or something like that. And it was really. And in a half hour. Sorry, yeah. 10 and a half hour. That's, yeah, uh, so that, I read that right. Yeah, at yeah. two in the morning. And two in the morning is a really hard time to, to wake up um, and start your day. It was really messing with people. Especially if you have kids. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and that they're doing that because that's structured, what, around the delivery cycles with yes. um, uh, when they when they have access to the roads and can get, get things out. So it's, it's interesting. We're a really interconnected uh, group of systems. And so, there's, really, there's nothing new there, right? No, there's nothing right. there. I agree. No, I, mean, I agree with that. It's way really It's but go ahead, John. Did you have? No, I just look. I mean, let's look at all conferences. I got a contract in the background, so I keep muting. But you know, I, I think about this is, you know, we're talking about 
um, whether you went into trades or you went into, so for the way, like in Hawaii right now, if you're in the trades, they're, they're booming. They're working seven days a week. Um, yep. So I think it's cyclical and that stuff. But I think, you know, if you look at, I think with the Chinese and, and the heavy emphasis on STEM, right? Early on to the education side, they started building the skill sets that are going to be needed for the next 20 or 30 years. I, I go back and look at, you know, what have we been teaching people? Right? Are, are we preparing them? There's the group of people we have today, and they're kind of in the state they're in. But then we, we know kind of what the future is going to need in terms of skill sets. No, are you're we, right. You know, Absolutely. And and so ultimately, it's all down to how well you educate. Ooh, yes. Can I challenge that assumption that we know what we're going to want? Can I challenge that a little bit? <laughs> challenge all the assumptions. <laughs> Go for it. No, I, I, the only reason I, and I say that is because I've had this discussion with educators and I, and I do mm -hmm. have a definitive view on education. So let me preference that by saying as many things that I come across as an opinionated person, I have a definitive view. And I go back to our founding <laughs> in the States, I go back to the founding fathers of the United States, right? And I go, what, how because we, we have gotten to this thing where we're technically educating now. We're, we're educating to almost the test. The test now is STEM, yeah. right? So we know what the answer is, so we're educating to the test. And I go, wow, what a mistake, because now we're creating task folks as yeah. opposed to creators. And I go back to the founding fathers that said, you know, all they read were, you know, you know, uh, classical texts. The blur, it's yep. the Bible. They read. They read and, and read. Well, yeah, they read. They had time to think, right? Time to create. And they mm -hmm. wrote and created things that we still leverage today as a part of society, leveraging what was done prior to that when you go back to Greece so and Rome. So I guess the question I have is, have we, is that a mistake? Is this assumption that we stop teaching people how to learn and we're teaching them no, I agree. this technique. Oh, I, hmm. I would agree with that. I think you have to create a, your job as educators is to create challengers, not to teach to a test. I, I agree with you, but like, so I was, I was having a, I was listening to a conversation between my two oldest kids uh, last week and they were discussing like non-Euclidean non-Euclidean geometry. And at one point they turned to me, oh yeah, and they started, they went way down this rabbit hole. I'm like, where did you learn all this stuff? And they're like, oh, we've been watching this chain of, of YouTube videos and getting educated about stuff. The, the amount of knowledge for people who want to pursue it is. Uh, but but they, you also have to think like, it's not the school that's providing that knowledge. It's, it's, it's not even providing the information that the knowledge is out there. They stumbled out on it on YouTube. Yeah. Well, interestingly, their feeds provided them the same path, right? It's the, it's, in some ways, it's the AIs uh, driving, driving these. Uh, yeah. These. And uh, you see the, the um, AIs are also the re responsible for feeding the extremism and whatnot. I hope you enjoyed this podcast extra. We have so much content and we do try and pick and choose what's interesting for you. Let us know if this is fun and interesting. Give us a shout out. Tell us what you want to hear more of in the podcast. And of course, just come in. Join us at the 23rd.cloud. We want your voice in these recordings. 
Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.